Welcome to Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Lou Brown. We're going to find out about Lou's uh, hobby origin story of all the different uh, hats and roles that he's had over many decades of us being friends and and uh, being at a lot of the same noteworthy events. So thanks sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, as well as ComC.com. So, Lou, you've uh, you've been a, I guess, a collector, a dealer. Or I don't know if you've been a distributor. Uh, you know, you've you've worn all those hats. So, what was the first hat you put on? And you know, bring us up to date on your hobby journey. Well, <laughs> uh, started it out, and I appreciate you having me on this. This is fun. Um, I started out collecting in 1974. Uh, first shows that I did were, I think, I was uh, 14. Um, we uh, you know, set up at local shows in the, in the late seventies and, uh, you know, then started putting my own shows on within a couple of years after that. I think I was 18 when I put my first show on 17 or 18. So, uh, that was kind of the beginnings, you know, collecting, uh, and then paying for my collecting, you know, over the, with the, with setting up at shows. Did, did we meet in the late seventies? I'm wondering, I'm thinking we probably met in the late seventies or early eighties. Uh, first time I remember actually, well, the first recollection I have anyway is, uh, some of the softball games that we used to play at the national and you and uh, I think Jervis and uh, here's a Gervis, Gervis Ford. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I can't remember who all was, was there, but it was a lot of fun. And I just remembered, I thought it was pretty cool that you were on my team. Well, that was probably early eighties. That, that was, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, uh, those were days that were not as much uh, 110% business. <laughs> no, right. A lot more uh, camaraderie and kind of the, but, well, you, well, you've participated in that. The the, the, uh, the industry got more into an industry and commercialized and institutionalized and formalized. And uh, but you've you've ridden that curve. Is yeah, you, yeah, it's uh, it? it's it's evolved. That's for sure. You know, I you know I I wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, I would have told you you're crazy if we were where we're at right now with doing what we're doing right now. You know, 25, 30 years ago. But who knows? Um, you know, we, we we have done a lot of different things. We've worn a lot of different hats. Uh, uh, as a, as a, I guess you call us a sub distributor for a lot of years. Um, right. You know, we sold our business to GTS in 2005. Um, we put on a lot of big shows in the Detroit market. Uh, with, uh, if you recall, Randy Thyberg, he used to be my partner in the Detroit shows, or I was his partner, I guess. And we brought in a lot of big players: Sandy Koufax, uh, you know, I mean, just a ton of guys: Frank Robinson, LK Line, you know, lots of lots of different guys over the years. There was probably four year four year run that we did it together. Um, and then I've, I've been running my own show since 2005, I think, um, which has evolved into a monthly show, um, you know, and uh, do a lot of signings with players. So we, we've kind of done a little bit of everything that there is to do in the industry. What, what was your favorite thing? Do you still have some collecting interests or is it mainly everything commoditized to you at this point? Well, I, I call my inventory my collection and it stays my collection until it goes out the door. Um, you know, it's uh, we, we bought a, a, a vintage collection, a, a few, it's been about, maybe seven weeks now, that was a nice run of fifties top sets. And uh, I've had a lot of fun dealing with it. You know, it's not something we get all that often. So, you know, it's, it was very enjoyable, but you know, in terms of my own collection, it's very limited. You know, not a whole lot, a few things I wouldn't sell, but not much. Yeah. What uh, liquidity seems very strong in the industry now. And I don't remember it ever being this strong. Is that because there are more platforms to sell or, or just uh, there's a, an optimism in the industry because even back in the, you know, these early days that you and I experienced, it didn't seem like the liquidity was as strong as it is now. No, the technology has changed so much. I think that that's been a big part of it. Um, you know, the reality is that breakers eat up so much of the product that there's never, even a dog gets eaten up, you know? So, you know, I, I'll see things that, you know, back in 
2005, 2010 would not have disappeared because they were so weak and they'd continue to get weaker. Now all of a sudden we're seeing them creep back up over cost and then 20, 30, 40% over cost because there's just no product out there. And you know, right now specifically is a little different scenario because there's not, there's nothing being there's chill, new stuff coming out. Yeah. But generally you think uh, breakers are positive. Don't you? I do. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, I, I believe that we are where we're at because of breakers. Okay. And so the configuration of your uh, local uh, shop, uh, what uh, are you, you know, mainly, you know, in the old days seemed like people would sell a lot of uh, unopened product, but if the breakers are doing that, what are, what, what's, what's your product mix in your, in your LCS? We, we still, I mean, we sell a lot of unopened product. Um, that's a big piece of it. Um, and we, we break as well. Um, not on a big scale and we we're, we're that's ramping up very quickly right now. Um, but, uh, we, uh, we sell a lot of, uh, single sports cards. Uh, we, we were doing, we moved into our present location two years ago, a little over when we were in our old location, it was a traditional mall location. We had 8,000 square feet, lots of apparel, lots of fan merchandise. Um, we transitioned right about the time that some of the restrictions for selling online went into place uh, with uh, much due to fanatics and some of the deals that they made with the leagues. So we, we shifted over to uh, uh, made the decision that we wanted to be a more traditional card shop again, you know, and that, that was what we started with is, is a regular card shop. At this point, we have no apparel, virtually no fan merchandise other than maybe, you know, during the, the, the holiday season, we, we have some gifty type stuff, but, um, so the, the main mix of our stuff is singles, vintage memorabilia. We do a lot of the charity auctions as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still heavy on the wax side, the boxes and packs. You know, Lou and I, were, you and I were talking about the, the fact that in the new, uh, the new normal now, it, it may be that smaller is better and being leaner is better. You know, that people may prefer a smaller, uh, card show or a smaller card shop that's, that has, uh, you know, that's less crowded or uh, just has uh, interesting things in there that are not the same things you can get anywhere else. So were you just ahead of the curve or are you uh, yeah. any regrets? Uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, we, we kind of lucked into our space and, you know, this is the nicest shop we've ever had. It's, it's you know, and it's very, it's funny. One of the, one of the negatives, somebody put a Google remark on our a Google uh, review on our Google listing and it was uh, that they felt it, it, it felt sterile. That, that should be driving people in now. So that's a good thing. And I was uh, if it's sterile as in clean boy. That's it. You need to, that, that could go from a one star to a five star or a six. Yeah. star. That's about yeah. the nicest <laughs> thing anybody could say. It was sterile. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. We got the cement floors, exposed ceiling. Uh, you know, this was a, a clothing store and they had, uh, they've got like lampposts and streetlights and it, it, it's really nice, you know, it's uh, so, and it's lots of room. So that's people tend not to feel crowded in here. Um, we do a lot of gaming as well. That's one thing that I don't know how that's going to come out of this whole, you know, situation because it, it really calls for lots of people in small enclosed areas. Well, I mean, in the gaming, are you selling the, the, the products and supplies or are you having a tournament? Are you talking about the collectible card game kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you actually hosting things? Is that we are. Yeah. So and and really, if you're not if you don't have events going on, then the, the product doesn't sell the same. You know, I mean, we'll sell some and we're, we've been active on some of the. Uh, the uh, online venues for that too. And it's, it's gone all right, but uh, it's not the same as when there's events going on. How big an advantage do you think it is for you being a, a local card shop guy, having had the uh, promoting experience and like you said, being a distributor or sub distributor and really understanding, you know, the, the industry from, from those different perspectives, how, how it seems like that'd be a big advantage for you in, 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 in knowing how to make your shop uh, optimized. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think that there's a way that we could be where we're at right now if I didn't understand how things went. You know, I mean, in the in the past, you know, I mean, obviously our distribution business in 05, you know, we had sold because we were almost in a position where we were forced to sell. And back then, just because it was sub distribution was becoming a challenge. Uh, you know, a lot of the manufacturers were putting rules in place, but we, we learned so much about handling product. Uh, there's such a fine line between distribution and retail. You know, I mean, it's not, not a whole lot of money. You know, I, I think there's times we're cheaper than our distributor on some things. Yeah. It's, and like, like I said, it used to be based on quantity pricing, but now nobody has quantity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't get yeah. the stuff, you know I mean? And, you know, if this keeps up for another few months, I don't, I don't want to think about where prices are going to go. And it's not a, you know, I, I, I you know, we're, we're, our prices continue to, the prices continue to rise. That in, people's inventory continues to go up. Will it slide back down after this is all done or will it have been eaten up? So it, it maintains at those levels. But, you know, it's uh, sometimes you wonder, you know, a product is, is made to be a certain price point. And when it doubles or triples, is it justified? Will it, you know, is there value there or is it just because there's no supply of it? Um, you know, it's, uh, that's why our numbers tend to slow down. Our volume of sales slows down because of that. I think what, a, you know, a Detroit was always one of my favorite collecting cities, you know, just a great old baseball town, a lot of great history and a lot of great collectors in and around that area. Uh, you're in Grand Rapids. That's not, is that hour and a half away? Uh, uh it's about uh, a little over two hours away. Okay. So other side of, so we're on the West side of the state. Um, but still Michigan is, is pretty strong, right? I mean, it's, you know, for collecting anyway, just seemed like there were always some, uh, you know, a lot of collectors around and. Yeah. Oh, no, Michigan's a great collecting state. You know, it's uh don't think it'll ever host another national, but uh, you know, it's, it, there's a, a, a ton of great collectors in this area, a lot of vintage guys, you know, and uh, you know, we're, we have a, a good vintage business on top of having the, the new side of things. And certainly that's an area that I like a lot more, you know, but um, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, and, and we're, our, our, our teams haven't helped us lately, but, but in the mid two thousands, it was a great state to be in, in terms of how teams were doing, you know, that helped us out a lot. You know, we're going to do a, uh, you invited me for a, a Facebook live thing. I mean, how much of, of your uh, marketing, let's call it marketing is, is, uh, is social media and how much of your social media is more locally focused as opposed to uh, more broadly, you know, reaching out around the country, around the world. So what, Tell us about your social media perspective and, and how you manage that. Well, I would say, you know, right now is a little different overall. Normally, um, I would say that the uh, situation is that we're, we're focused on reaching our local community uh, with, you know, certainly some exceptions. We, we get some people that are involved and jump in on breaks from all over the country. Um, and that's what I've seen in general over the net last, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, this, this last month. We're seeing people from all over um, that have jumped in. They they somehow found us. I'm not, you know, normally there's a path. How, how'd you find us? Well, I used to live in Grand Rapids or, you know, uh, a friend of a friend or something like that. But, you know, now our efforts have changed dramatically as well. Uh, you know, we're doing uh, a, a night, you know, a, a show every night. We started out with we're going to go on twice a day, two and five o'clock. The two fell off pretty fast. I just couldn't keep up. And, uh, you know, I just and, and you know, I want to make sure I have relevant things to talk about. And if you're diluting yourself that much. It's kind of a challenge. So, um, but now, you know, we're getting more and more people from out of the area that are, uh, jumping in on our five o'clock time slot that we do. Well, that's cool. What, uh, okay. Well, we're, we're uh, get pretty much out of time. Can you just give, uh, give the listeners, uh, uh, some, uh, you know, some ways they could uh, track with you in terms yeah, of, yeah, absolutely. And 
again, I, I recommend it. I, I'm so recommending it. I apparently am going to be a guest. You know, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that because like I said, like Lou was saying, there's a, you can have a local perspective, but you can have a national audience too. That's kind of what I'm trying to do here. So Lou, tell, yeah. tell, tell us where uh, we can find you. Uh, well, we have a, our website is legendsfanshop.com. Um, and, uh, that's plastered all over our Facebook page, which is legends sports games on Facebook. But if you just search legends sports and games on Facebook, I'm sure you'd find us. Um, we go on at five o'clock every night. We do different, we got different things planned uh, tonight. We've got a break and several personal box breaks. Um, Wednesday, I've got the interview scheduled, uh, you know, Thursday, we do a singles night that I picked up from Mike Fruitman. Um, and, uh, we, we talk a lot, you know, and we, we talk about a lot of different ideas and share a lot of things together. So it's, that's a great asset yeah, to have, but great guy. And, and, uh, yeah, again, sounds like, well, uh, thanks uh, Lou and thanks listeners for, uh, for, uh, hopping on for uh, this episode. And, uh, I, I do recommend Lou for, um, all the different hats he's worn over the decades I've known him, a solid guy. And uh, like I said, I'm going to not only check it out, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on one of those uh, chats with Lou uh, uh, very shortly. So thanks listeners. Thanks Lou. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. Thanks Jim. The man that-